Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, also known as Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. So for today's weekend update, we actually have a couple tidbits here for Gwen. Uh, first off, we have uh, an unlettered preview for What If Dark Spider-Gwen number one, which is, of course, the uh, um, one shot that's being co-written by Jerry Conway and Jody Hauser with art by Ramon F. Box. So in this universe, it's basically... Um, the night Gwen Stacy died, except she's not the one who died that night. It's Peter Parker who died that night. And so we have a couple of pages where it seems that yet yeah, Peter's successful in uh, saving her, but then uh, Goblin goes in for the kill and then Spider-Sense goes off. Like these pages aren't in sequence, uh, by the way, it just jumps from one page to another. And um. What I'm getting from these pages, it seems like, because there's a page where um, it looks like Gwen just like after Peter dies, I'm assuming it might be her, I don't know, she dumps his body in the river and then just steals his costume. And uh, when she goes home, she suits up in Spider-Man's costume, but she's wearing her death coat and added a hood onto it. Yeah, um, this is uh some some choices are definitely being made here um i'm i'm remaining ambivalent i will say the principal concept is basically the same as spider-gwen's traditional origin story um the only reason i could think that gwen would like dump the body like this would be um to like disconnect Peter's identity from being Spider-Man so that people wouldn't know that he was Spider-Man. That's the only thing I could think of off the top of my head and why they would do it this way. Um, I I will say this though, and like initially they were saying like this is being written by Jody Hauser and Jerry Conway, but if you look at these preview pages, they include the uh, the opening like bit and it does say that the plot is by Jerry Conway and Jody Hauser, but it does seem that Jody Hauser is being credited entirely with the script. So, so I think that means she's just writing the words. Yeah, it does seem that she's doing yeah. a, the bulk of the work here. So Jerry yeah. Conway has had input on what the story should be, but Jody Hauser is the one who's sort of taking this forward. Um, this is more her story. It's a similar thing to when, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, when uh, Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman were doing uh, Renew Your Vows. Um, Because it was the middle of, yeah, Jerry was getting ready to leave Renew Your Vows over um, a conflict on how to tell the story. So what happened with issues eight and nine is that, um, yeah, Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman co-wrote it, but uh, Ryan Stegman wrote the script. Yeah, I don't, um, like, yeah, I think think maybe um, there there is a lot of, yeah, I I, I like the calling Jody Hauser a co-writer. I assume she's doing... um, a good chunk of the work here um so i, I just kind of wanted to highlight that but what i can't take seriously is that last preview page where yeah she's wearing her death coat with a hoodie wearing pete's costume like i get that the hoodie is supposed to evoke her earth 65 counterpart because you know that's what she's mostly known for the hoodie but uh yeah that as her like initial costume it's like yikes i can't really take that seriously 
because wouldn't the number one thing is a uh, figure out how to get powers first so you don't get killed on the first day on the job this is uh yeah i i mean i imagine that would be filled in by the plot like like where she gets powers if she gets powers because who knows like so, some um, people are speculating miles warren if she decides to go to him yeah i mean i mean i'm like i am i am curious like to what extent we're seeing and uh the part like it's marketed as what if dark so what's gonna be the dark part of this the only thing i could think of is if uh she goes on a killing spree of spider-man's villains starting with norman osborne first honestly maybe because they kind of they did this with uh the the uh symbiote spider-man one they did that uh chip starsky did yeah where like he did like a like a, a symbiote spider-man power fantasy thing where he just he just he just murks a bunch of villains and in really like gory ways for a couple of issues and then he and then he joins the fantastic four it's, it's a bit it's a bit strange um so uh, I I don't know if they're going to go in that kind of direction. I just I I want to know what they're trying to say with the story beyond the whole like oh what if it's Spider Gwen but she like kills people. But definitely they're riffing more off like the retro sort of Marvel comics. Like they've got that old old look in there. They've got the old like night if night of Gwen Stacy died feel to the book, which definitely is absent from most Spider Gwen comics. They don't really carry that. I'm just wondering if she's ever going to eventually get uh, the classic costume that Gwen 65 usually wears. Inclusion of the mask, like the Spider-Gwen mask on the front of this cover, like leads me to believe that. But it's also possible that Greg Land just just didn't get the memo and didn't know that actually she's going to be wearing like maybe like what Dan Slott originally envisioned for her to wear when he first conceived the character. Yeah, I, um, yeah. The only um, connection with the Dan Slot's original plot was yeah, her wearing her death coat. Yeah, the de- the death coat is just it's uh, it, it's kind of overblown. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I I mean I'm looking forward to this, and I'm I'm glad Gwen is getting the comics, and that they're actually doing something with What If because they kind of started it up and then did nothing with it a couple of years back. So I'm glad they they came back in there now. You know. Yeah. So um yeah that's going to be um on sale July 19th which is also the same day as the Shadow Clones finale. Yes. So we're going to have a double Wednesday folks. Um would you believe it? A double Wednesday. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a you know a couple of a couple of episodes in the space of a couple of weeks hopefully from us. Um and and you know I'm I'm excited you know I'm glad to see her getting comics but what we want is continuity is what we want we want the, yeah um, longer than longer than five issue story yeah but yeah at least though we're getting a uh, more Gwen comics like down the line because yeah we got the Shadow Clones finale we got uh the What If issue um we even got her Contest of Chaos annual and then because of like it seems likely that because of the success of Across the Spider-Verse, uh, they're going to want to uh, get a new book for her eventually just to tie in with her success and also uh, tie in with the anticipation of Beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this is building somewhere and that it doesn't peter out. That's my, that's my hope. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's looking good and I'm glad that we're getting what if Dark Spider Gwen. We're also getting uh, did you mention Spidey and his amazing friend, sorry. Oh yeah, that's uh 
so it was announced, uh, I think, yeah, a couple of weeks ago that uh, Spidey and his amazing friends, that's, of course, the uh, Spider-Man cartoon aimed at the preschoolers, it's getting renewed for a fourth season on Disney Junior. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully, right, even if we don't have enough Spider-Fans, Spider-Gwen fans in this in this generation that that, that, that the kiddos watching um, Spidey and his amazing friends will, will carry the torch for his 15, 20 years from now once they become the comic buying public. Yeah. Um, that's that's the hope anyway. Yeah, because that's the earliest uh, age that anyone can get introduced to Gwen while that's... Um, well, anyone who's uh, young enough to uh, like operate the TV and is interested in Spider-Man. Well, a lot of people are interested in Spider-Man because he's the most marketable character out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm praying on his downfall, but uh, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, we, we've got a, we've got a, um, but, but the thing, the thing we're really sitting on is that obviously since we last recorded, uh, we have both seen Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, um, yeah, we're shaking things up a little bit today. Like you thought that um, we were gonna jump right into a Shadow Clones without addressing this. Yeah, so we're going to do a spoiler-free review to clarify. We're not going to do spoilers uh, until until it's on streaming. Um, or, and, and, no, and, well, not uh, until physical. Sorry, yeah. not until physical release. Scratch streaming, sorry. Um, that's, that's what I uh, meant to say, sorry. Um, yeah, so uh, we will we will we will buy buy our tongues on on much of the spoilers, um, and um, yeah, I mean I mean, how did you feel about this film, Abigail? Did you did you have any strong feelings to share with us? Yeah, I'm just gonna say like I loved how they do uh, Gwen's arc in this movie because it's just like reading from classic Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez arcs, like even like the art in Gwen's world. Yeah, you could see uh, the influences from Robbie and Rico Renzi. It's just and her relationship with her dad. It's like word for word in the comics. Because there's this particular moment where, yeah, you feel... We don't want to spoil it. We don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I'm not spoiling it, but I'm just going to say that it's exactly like it is in the comic. I feel like that's maybe a bit of a spoiler. Um, But no, you don't know which part I'm going to be... Because it could be any one of Gwen's moments with her dad in the comics that I could be talking about. Okay, fair enough. Um yeah i i yeah it's very it's a very very good film it's honestly it's uh i my, my favorite my favorite parts of it have to be the fact that like gwen has um really increased the amount of screen time i i had a lot of i mean i i'm not a hater by any means but i definitely i definitely had a lot of criticisms of the way that the um uh, original in a Spider-Verse film, Into the Spider-Verse, uh, dealt with the arc for Gwen. She kind of has this thing where she can't really make friends, and, and she kind of does, but it, it's not really acknowledged, it's not really picked up on. She's very much like kind of just thrown in there as this kind of hyper-competent spider um, for Peter B. and Miles to kind of be um, like adjacent to. She isn't there to, to really do... Um, a lot or, or, or is allowed to fail in any way really um whereas i very much in this film they have made a very active decision to kind of give her maybe the slot that peter b parker 
did have in in the previous one um and she enjoys um i want to say a, a very interesting uh and, and meaningful character arc um and if if you're a fan of anything that we've spoken about on the podcast and you haven't seen uh this film um absolutely go do that because yeah. uh it's it's really good um the the main issue i had with the film is it's it's a part one um yeah it's it's it, you you are getting half a story here so yeah. i mean well, we only have to wait till next march well even though it seems like a long time but you know before you know it march is going to be here yeah i mean i mean i don't think we'll have to wait too long but the best part about like the anticipation for beyond lord and miller tease that there's going to be gwen stacy variants including one which they almost spilled but uh they bit their tongue damn yeah i mean uh We'd love to see a, a Spider Gwyn or the, um, I don't know, um, Gwen Goblin. I don't know. I don't know if they could include, like, just Gwen variants. I don't know. Like, it has to be a Spider one, I presume. So I guess, I guess we'll see. We're going to find out. I'm very excited um, for more more Spider-Verse action. I will I will be watching the part two, but it, it, it is very much like a Matrix re- Reloaded Revolution situation where they, they kind of went to make a sequel and then they um, made too much sequel and now they split it into two parts and going to release them within a year of each other. Um, so that's kind of the situation we're headed into with that. Um, one of the things which has come out from the film that I did kind of want to address a bit is uh is is there's a lot of transgender discourse being had around um transgender or just trans the discourse is transgender um the uh, discourse around uh gwen's identity in the film and whether or not she's transgender um there is a clear allegory about like gwen having to come out to her dad uh, even in the comic um just generally speaking it's it's very easy to uh, look at the the superhero secret identity through through a queer lens, and certainly if you're watching um, across the Spider Verse, uh, that really comes through. They they really lean into um, Gwen being somebody who's who's struggling to kind of come out to the people around her and and herself even and be honest with herself. There's a clear connection you can draw there with that of of the perspective of, of transgender people and the film includes um a, a couple of small nods um and definitely one that has been confirmed which is, which is the protect trans kids poster that she has on the wall of her bedroom which would would be a a, a key indicator of somebody who if, if she is not transgender has somebody who is transgender in her life that is important to her um i i moderate our spider gwen i'm also quite active on twitter um if you know me and and um i i'm I've, I've seen a lot of really negative commentary from people in reaction to this saying you know she's just an ally she's nothing's confirmed this and that playing kind of like devil's advocate where they can you know trying to so down and i have to question the the good naturedness of people who are essentially going up to trans people and saying you know uh, that, that that this isn't uh real representation or whatever you know what 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 are you looking to do here because clearly uh this is a you know it's 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 a very meaningful uh, and important aspect uh of 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 the human experience that it's um it's nice even if it's not true for people to draw that from 
uh, across the Spider-Verse, but, but she absolutely isn't confirmed cisgender. So it's no, you know, you can't just presume the default is cisgender and that unless they say absolutely out loud explicitly that she is trans, that that means that we should, everybody should shut up about it. You know, I, I think that there's uh, a really, um, it's, it's just rude. You know, if, if a trans person sees themselves in this character, uh, let, let them have that, um, certainly. Would you say it's like comparable, like almost like to uh, Schrodinger's cat until it's confirmed? Otherwise, you can believe uh, what you want. Yeah, like tomorrow, Lord and Miller could come out and say say either way. You know, they, they could they could they could go either way on it. I think maybe they they don't want to. I I or perhaps they can't because obviously there's been some amount of backlash um some cinemas in countries where obviously there's, there's quite bigoted laws around the rights of queer people um have, have pulled the, the film from cinemas um on account of this discourse so um they're probably really conscious of how much can they realistically put in their film that is a good nod to the queer experience because time and time again we get like the five second um kiss on the forehead uh between a between a, a gay couple in in like a pixar film or whatever that can be easily clipped out and i feel like this is a really interesting way of trying to get around that by introducing uh you know allegory um in in a very very clear way which will immediately speak to somebody who is from those perspectives without explicitly saying it out loud so much that they would get censored in some places and the film would fail to be marketable um so i i, I there's so many different factors at play here that would affect whether that whether or not they would even be allowed to confirm it um and and again the fact that that, that they actually may have financial backlash if this was something that they wanted and wanted to confirm would i would hope give somebody pause for thought if they were coming in here saying um you know that they, they they thought gwen was just an ally and that we should stop saying that she's trans and all of that you know maybe maybe consider the fact that there are whole countries censorship arms poised to to ban this sort of content um would would make you think perhaps a little bit about um how this group has been marginalized and and how it should be treated yeah. um with with kindness and respect yeah that's a uh, yeah that's a nice way to uh, address that but yeah, uh, mo moving on. We, this is this yeah. is actually this is an episode about a comic book. Uh, yeah. we're, <laughs> we're doing we're doing Spider Gwen Shadow Clans again, folks. We're doing we're doing uh, issue number four, which is very exciting. The penultimate issue of her clone saga. Yeah, I I don't want to call it that. I don't I don't want to call it a clone saga. You may not want to call it, but that's what it's being marketed as. And the negative connotations. Yeah, we've so uh, we've we've been reviewing this for a while. Uh, now we're 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 deep in, and we're 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 anticipating the the, the finale. Um, this is this is new Spider Gwen material. This is uh, it's got writing from Emily Kim, art by Kay Zama, uh, with inks by Oren Junior, and colors by Triona Farrell, and letters by VCs Ariana Meher. Is that right? Yeah, I guess that, that's me, how you would pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've known a couple of Mahers. I knew somebody with a, with a, with the first name Maher, I think. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that um, until I'm corrected. So we are, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our synopsis before we discuss what we think of this issue too too far in detail. We recommend reading this issue um, either from your local comic book store, ideally, or a place like Comixology or Amazon or, or wherever. It's also available on services like Marvel Unlimited, Kindle Unlimited, 
Um, I think it's on Kindle Unlimited. I don't know about that actually. Um, Just it Kindle. will be. Yeah, something. It'll be it'll be available somewhere digitally yeah. where you can pay for it legally, and it will also be available somewhere digitally where you cannot. But we recommend uh, pre-ordering your single issues from a local comic book store if you want to properly and financially support the creators of these comic books because um i could tell you some stuff but they are they are pretty pretty hard done to these days um especially over at marvel so we're going to do this synopsis but just to get everybody on the same page not so that we read it for you um but yeah uh shall we start absolutely yeah all right, so Ghost Spider, Gwen Ock, and San Gwen find that the tubes they have been imprisoned in are impermeable and impenetrable to their powers, with Rhino Gwen acting as their guard. Ghost Spider expresses resentment over their surprise support in the earlier fight for putting them all there. Lila Bennett transfers Gwen to another room where she can gloat and explain her origin. Her husband, Lee, was killed a while back in the fight with the 616 villains, but that didn't stop Lila from using her sizable Stark Fund cloning project to bring him back. Unfortunately, without an alive subject, it's impossible to clone a person meaningfully. She became bitter and sought revenge against Gwen by targeting a multi-dimensional transmitter's lethal capabilities at all the Gwen stasis in the multiverse. It requires an alive Gwen Stacy's bias signature to do this, though, hence the number of cloning attempts that Lila made. Meanwhile, San Gwen taunts Rai Gwen into damaging their containment seals, whose charge was enough to crack it and allow her escape. Back in the laboratory, Lila boots up the machine, successfully locking onto the Gwen Stacy's of the multiverse, ready to kill them. Yeah, I... There's there's not a lot in this one. I I I wrote the summary and then it was like I was like oh it's only three paragraphs. There's not there's not a lot going on. I don't I don't know what's going on in this issue. I think this is mostly because uh the majority of this issue is Lila explaining her backstory and her motives, which it I kind of find it contrasts with uh, Gwenverse when Finale was revealing. Her. Uh, her backstory it didn't take up the majority of the issue she just explained that oh uh she was gifted in the fact that she has a precognition she used that to make herself rich and become a pop star and then her mom died so yeah 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 right no i agree and the the thing with lila that's kind of confusing me a bit is that like they've been seeding this character's villain origin like quite well throughout the first three issues it's been quite clear why she's upset how she sort of the the only new stuff that really stuck out to me was that um she was stark funded so tony tony 65 he's obviously a bit of a villain um working off in the background and has been referenced a few times he funded this project um secondly that the project was always cloning and then they randomly they randomly throw in a multi-dimensional transmitter that can actually just it's also a weapon of mass destruction which i'm i mean by the story's own internal logic it, it is kind of it's kind of removed from cloning like it's not something i would expect from a cloning villain that they would have a, a big physics machine you know no yeah uh, with lila uh, i think cloning was just uh, her means to an end yeah, I just I don't know. They seem like different PhDs, you know. Like, I I just I I it wasn't the direction that I thought things were about to go in. 
Um, it, it, it did. I will say this issue like kind of felt like the writer went back over the work that they've done. You know, they told us all these things that have already happened again, right? They told us all about the, the clones being made and the clones doing things, and then they said, um, and now she's going to kill all the Gwens in the multiverse. And and I was like, oh, I mean, it's not. I is this one has definitely been the weakest so far. I I don't I don't know what direction they want to take the story in, but they they're not getting there very quickly. Yeah. And I guess this debunks the theory that um, if Lila was going to make a perfect Gwen clone to upload herself into, she would have done it already. But I did notice in the opening pages when she was uh, uh, retelling her backstory about how she got her PhD. Well, let me have my copy, uh, her exact words. Um, yeah, it says that it took her seven years to achieve her PhD in advanced genetic software engineering, whatever the hell that means. And basically, it's um, transferring your psyche onto your empty clone body. And I was kind of getting the impression uh, that she would pull a superior. Yeah, maybe. I I, I thought that she could, she could have done that, but she's not she's kind of deviated away from cloning um she's doing the cybernetic enhancement stuff instead um, um using cloning technology which um like i don't get it like yeah uh she yeah she majors in cloning first and foremost because that's what the foundation of her research is but um this I'm not sure how to follow this kind of clone. I think I can hear Miles Warren 616 in the background uh, laughing, thinking like this is cloning and that it took her seven years to do it. Like I would think if these two met, uh, Warren would just uh, laugh in her face and like and the fact that it took her seven years to do it. It's like um if she studied under him, maybe uh, she would be done in two years and then with much superior technology. No, no, you're right. It, it is, and it does feel really weird to be reading like this this clone thing happening, and it's on Earth sixty five, and there is a, a, an unfinished storyline where the clone saga villain, the clone saga villain, is currently running about on Earth sixty five, like the one from the original comics. Right, we need to be clear on this. This is the six one six jackal is active on Earth sixty five and actively against Gwen Stacy. At least as of the Sean and Maguire comics, that's kind of where she left things off. That's what she seeded, um, and obviously they wanted to do villain clones, and they've introduced this kind of whole new villain who is who is fine, but it but it is a little it is a little strange because because they've had to put a lot of work into explaining the science of it and explaining because they spend so much time on the techno babble this is something which really stuck out to me over the past four issues how much of it has just been like dialogue explaining the internal logic of the science within the universe um and and it and it does feel a bit like after a certain like i i'm obviously capable of suspending my disbelief for a comic book that's completely fine but it's the the footprint that this kind of stuff takes in a comic book right because coming away from this issue and thinking oh they didn't do very much here because if it, they spend so much time trying to just explain the fake science of how everything works um 
you know, like there's, th- there's multiple different science threads occurring. There's obviously there's the cloning of the Gwens. There is the cloning of the dead husband, which fails. There is the cybernetic repairing of Lila. Um, there is the multi-dimensional transmitter and how that works. There's four different science projects that are explained in detail with fake science terminology in this issue. And Gwen doesn't move more than two meters. She's just stuck in this vat listening to them talk about it. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think this story would have been much better. Well, this issue would be much more explained if Lilo cloned conventionally like Warren did, like like not including the transfer of the psyche because, oh, and one takeaway from her dialogue is now I understand why it's called shadow clones because when she tried to clone Lee but uh, considered him a fake, uh, yeah, her words are, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't really him. It could never be. It was just a shadow. That was good. I think the the fact that her cloning doesn't work is interesting. Um, I'm interested to see if anything comes to that in the next issue. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. how her cloning works is that after the body is created, she has to pull speech patterns, like videos, interviews about the subject, and then puts them up on the computer, uploads them to their brain, and then mm. this happens. It's 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 interesting. I I will say though, the most the best bit of this is the way that she kind of cybernetically heals herself because obviously you've got like these really raw um like horrific panels yeah. of her. Yeah, that sp- that uh single splash page where like uh where she's finished chroming herself. Well, in Cyberpunk Edge Runners, they would call it chroming yourself. So yeah, that crazed look when she's done chroming herself behind uh, those multiple Gwen villainized pictures. Yeah, one of the things that's really interesting is they kind of made this decision here not to be like, oh, her arm got lost, right? Like she chopped off her arm instead. And, and she replaced it with a robot one, that is. Instead, she's kind of like like glued on the, the robot stuff on top of her damaged arm. No, it's more like a shell. Yeah, like she's it's it's a it's it's like she's fused it on there. You know, yeah. like there's that bit, there's that panel where it's like really hot and she like sticks it. Um and it's it's really hardcore. And there's the the end splash page with all of the like creepy Gwen sketches she's made that you mentioned. That is that's sick. I love that. But um, I feel like a snide remark that Gwen, if Gwen saw that uh room, she would be like, "Why are you so obsessed with me?" Yeah, she would be actually. She'd make. She'd definitely make fun of her if she found out about that. But um, but doesn't she doesn't doesn't know. Um, yeah, it sells the mad scientist look. It does. It does. I think Lila's a really interesting villain. I just honestly, I feel like there's like so much exposition going on and like not enough actual action happening in this issue. Yeah. Um, that I was, I was, I was really like under underwhelmed by by the way it sort of felt. Um, the most interesting scene is only a couple of pages, and it's and it's just between like the clone Gwens upstairs, between the the good ones and our, and the Rai Gwen. Rai Gwen is the name yeah. of Rhino Gwen. Well, this is what Sand Gwen calls her, Rai Gwen. Yeah, I'm I'm I got a feeling that's gonna stick, but but basically, Rai Gwen actually is stupid. That is, they made like becoming a Rhino person made her stupid <laughs> well typically no i think it's because most of her some of her brain patterns come from sitsevich who like yeah even in the 616 uh he's pretty much 
a meathead. And I and I feel bad for him. I I think that maybe like it's just like a bad stereotype that you know he's just you know he's not actually stupid. He's just Russian. And I think that they've they've poorly <laughs> they've poorly done him. Uh, just think of Mark Webb's Rhino played by Paul Giamatti. Oh, that oh level my days. Yeah, I don't know. I was. I'm I'm sorry. Amazing Spider-Man Two apologists are wrong about all of the Rhino stuff. It's 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 bad. And Rhino Six One Six, he's just a guy super glued to a Rhino suit willingly. Where here, even though it's been mentioned that yeah, Lila got Rhino Six One Six's DNA from his broken tooth, uh, but she had to like get Rhino DNA just so Gwen Rhino can look like the Rhino. Yeah, I mean, I think after a certain point, she was just like, I can do it better. I don't want a guy stuck in a suit. But personally, I would have loved to have her go, okay, I've cloned you, Rai Gwen, but you don't have a rhino suit, so it's time to get stuck in. I think that would have been really interesting. But instead, we have the mutated Rai Gwen, who is stupid, apparently, and literally helps them escape on accident. So we're going to see what happens with that in the next issue. Um, I think it's just because San San Gwen just plays on Rhino's stupidity. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, but um, I feel like um, this would be a good issue to also compare and contrast Lila and Finale because, like, with Finale, her end goal was for herself to become immortal uh, by splitting her consciousness across time, requiring the multiverse to do it, and also, you know, using her fans as batteries. Whereas Lila, you know, she wants to use Gwen as a battery to like kill all of the Gwen Stacy's in the multiverse and you know her shtick is that well she wants herself and to an extent others who are interested in her tech like to become immortal by basically transferring their consciousness to a clone body yeah i i i am i i think it is interesting how they use similar concepts i mean it makes sense because the both these are both mini series about uh, uh like with a little clone saga in them so they need to have a cloning thing involved somewhere well, the the multiverse well, isn't really a clone it's just uh her uh embodiments have been split into five different heroes yeah, it's not a science clone. It's more of a, 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 a dimension clone. I don't know. It's, it's it's a similar right. It's a similar concept. They've gone alternate version of the same thing, um, and I a lot of it anyway. Um, I was surprised at the introduction of more multiverse stuff in this one. I I kind of didn't think it was going in that direction, but we we actually get like a sneak peek of of a bunch of different. Gwen's yeah. from across the multiverse, like oh, that yeah. are visible. Uh, yeah, let me uh, get my book again. Yeah, all of the Gwen's that we can spot. Well, at least one of the uh, earlier pages, it shows a a version of Gwen and Peter married, which uh, maybe that's the one that happened in Mexico. Yeah, it's Mex. That's Mexican Spider Man alternate reality. Yeah, um, we got a, there's a farm girl Gwen Stacy. There's a uh, cyberpunk. Gwen Stacy with a cool like overdesigned outfit. Yeah. There's also one where she's like also another drummer but more punk. Uh there's one where like it turns out she's a ballerina. Oh no. And okay, one where she's president. I- I'm assuming that she's president in that picture. I yeah, President Gwen with the with the full progress flag behind her. We stand. Yeah. 
and there's one her where she's graduating with her version of MJ from somewhere yeah. I don't know and a mermaid and... I like um I like Guy Stacy there's a Guy Stacy on here are we just gonna call him Guy Stacy I'm calling him Guy Stacy I, yeah. I I I looked and I went damn it's Guy Stacy the the name just fit with the thought in my brain and then yeah one where she's uh well, she's standing in front of a mech, so uh, and one where she's a surgeon, she's a cowgirl. I'm assuming What's with the creepy a, one. Uh, maybe one where she's um like a some sort of bat mutant person. That one freaks me out. Uh, I, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. She. There's also. I'm assuming that's a dinosaur on the top one. Yeah. Uh, the the best one is is definitely the one where she has a robot outfit and like skeleton and spider arms. That was that looks fun. Oh yeah, I'm just wondering how much of her is human and then how much of her is robot in that uh, reality. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty sick. Yeah. So I don't uh, know if they're gonna bring in some of those maybe in the next one. Um, or unless, because the solicit says that um, uh, Dr. Lila Bennett's revenge against all Gwens is complete. So uh, assuming she is successful in killing all of the multiverse Gwens, except for Gwen 65, uh, what does that mean? Do they just blink out of existence like once she fires the transmitter? Maybe, because I'm also realizing now they kind of have to invent a plot device that will kill off the um villain Gwen's conveniently like they did in the last one. So I imagine it's it's gonna maybe have some effect but not total. I it's yeah, strange. It, it doesn't it, make a huge amount of sense. Yeah, but we know that main Gwen's gonna turn out all right just because uh, we know she's gonna be in Contest of Chaos. Yeah, I mean I it did occur to me there's a couple of things they could try and do. Maybe this would like mess up her timeline and she'd end up on Earth sixty one six one six permanently or like an Earth sixty five would be erased or or maybe it would uh, hurt her symbiote somehow. Like I could see her, them using this to try and do a status reset in some places, but I don't know if they have that ambition. Well, they're marketing this as chilling finale and pivotal. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess we're gonna find out because obviously there's there's a number of things within Gwen's status quo that could take the hit. Obviously, Gwen, I don't think will die, but these clones definitely could. And um, definitely certain aspects of her, her status quo could. Yeah, which is a shame because I feel like um, Rhino Gwen, Vulture Gwen, and Craven Gwen, they could be fleshed out a little bit more because they were shooed in, like yeah. shoehorned in the last issue. Yeah, we haven't got much on them. I I don't, you know, maybe maybe they will remain baddies until the end, you know, mm -hmm. and we'll just get like Sand Gwen and an Octa Gwen and it'll be a bit more like a scaled down addition to her supporting cast, you know, I think they yeah. can, half of them live, half of them die. Yeah, I like Gwen Ock. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thought they had a really interesting dynamic or maybe she'll absorb them into herself and she'll grow as a person. I don't know. There's a number of ways it could end um yeah. and and in a neat little bow because i don't want her to be like hey dad guess what there's i've got five new sisters yeah yeah i i will say though she's definitely very like frustrated that they tried to help her at all she kind of blames them for it all going wrong in in the last issue even though it's likely whether or not she could have taken that fight well, uh, well, she said time and time again that uh, Gwen's are loners. She keeps insisting uh, she can do it herself. 
Yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was sort of like oh shoot, I can't remember. Um it was interesting how they, they had it so that the, the clones had to be mind controlled because Gwen is just such a rebellious person by nature. Yeah, Lila says she has a highly divergent personality and um I think in Gwen Ock's case it uh she had too much of Gwen's brain pattern, so that's why she had to create uh the halo to uh, control her. So well, the divergent personality was already sparked in Gwenverse because yeah, those are, are all of her embodiments uh incarnated. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. But I did like how, you know, she tried to connect with Lila, tried to talk her down into uh um recalling that she lost Peter so she knows what it's like to lose the loved one but Lila's having none of that yeah no it's um I I I thought that they had done they've done a a pretty good like dynamic I think between the clones and and Lila and Gwen like they they all kind of have their own reason to yeah. have beef with each other or or not yeah. have beef with each other yeah, because during Lila's backstory, she said that she could have easily as just killed main Gwen, but she has bigger ideas. Like she thought she could clone five of her and use them as batteries to power the multiversal transmitter. But when she decided that she could just turn them into the Sinister Five to do her bidding. Yeah. I guess yeah. that would mean um at first, she saw them as disposable because, like, they're not the real Gwen in her eyes. Yeah, no, they they did. Uh, yeah, I've, I I felt bad for them definitely. Um, that they they kind of were just like a weird side project for her in her grand array of projects. And how she broke down uh, that um like like her attempt at cloning her dead husband. That was really interesting. That genuinely was a bit of the flashback that we needed um, and needed fleshing out, uh, literally. The stuff with the Gwens, I don't think was necessary. I feel like that was self-explanatory. Uh, they didn't need to explain it like this, honestly. But the but the thing with the with the husband, definitely. Um, yeah, because yeah, when she, uh, like, yeah, when Lee was, when, well, the Lee clone, yeah, when the Lee clone was, uh, uh, woke up and turns out that he was emotionless and then she breaks down crying saying you're not real you could never be yeah well i guess her first mistake was relying on videos and notes that he's taking to program his personality yeah if she had conventional cloning tech that's uh, uh that has memories included just like with warren like he could have been passable as a real person because at least with warren's methods uh they already have uh memories and a personality yeah, I just, I mean, like, the more I think about it, and I've said this before, I just, I don't like cloning technology. The way that Marvel does it, it's just so cheap most of the time. They, they're they able to bring back a person, like, fully as they were, with all their memories, like, and and I just, I don't like the clone sagas for that reason, that they just, they just create whole people in, on a whim, like, in an issue, you've got a whole adult version, all the powers, all the memories of of your main character now they're in the book and it's like it's it's just so cheap i don't you know like and and the fact that like they've tried to kind of do it again but with like a caveat here doesn't even make sense because then obviously like you say the the technology exists and she even has a multiverse thing to go find 
examples of this technology in the universe. Like she's clearly borrowing technology already. It's mentioned that the prison cells things are, are made of 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 a of a non Earth sixty five, like otherworldly was how they were described. Yeah, I guess maybe it's just a scientist's ego thing. Maybe she just doesn't want to um, appropriate tech from other worlds, like for her own gain. Yeah, maybe. Because like she's very proud of her work, even though it took her seven years to do it. Unlike, uh, yeah, as I joked, if she met Warren, she could she could have finished her research in two years. Yeah, um, it's it's uh it, it's 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 odd because like for them to focus so much on the fake signs and then for it to not kind of like work, uh, you know, is is a shame. There's still a bit more about Lila where um, uh, she has something what TV tropes would describe as disproportionate retribution where because um, yet she holds Gwen responsible for uh, getting her husband killed. But yeah, it's just one person. Her master plan is to kill the entire multiverse of Gwen Stacy's just because her husband died. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh... It, it it sucks and like clearly she's the villain here but you can yeah. kind of see where she's coming from it's because of the um the consequences of that is like what are the other uh gwen stacy multiverse variants loved ones gonna think about it when the version of gwen is blinked out of existence how it's gonna affect her loved ones too but lila uh that's not in lila's big picture oh yeah you're right um yeah we got um I I don't um I don't I don't I don't know if I have final opinions. I'm kind of reserving them because maybe there's some payoffs that I'm missing here in the next issue. Oh, should we? Um, I also want to bring up the fact about how you know that joke about how when um Peter Parker gets involved, things tend to become all about him. Oh yeah. Yeah, from Lila's point of view, yeah, uh, yeah, she thinks, um, maybe somewhat uh, rightfully so, like whenever Gwen's being selfish, that um, everything revolves around Gwen on Earth sixty five. Yeah, maybe. Um, I will say the thing about Peter is definitely like meta commentary about how storylines with yeah. Peter Parker work. Um, whereas this was more like obviously she's frustrated with how Gwen handled. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, when she was giving that speech about Gwen being uh, se- uh, selfish, uh, that kind of reminded me about M. Jarnage's speech about Gwen being selfish. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a certain amount of recklessness in Gwen's actions that like deserves a level of, of criticism. Um, it definitely made more sense with M. Jarnage. Because there were a lot of like different factors with Gwen leaving Earth sixty five, and you know, kind of for her own safety, but it leaving them vulnerable and her not checking in and just kind of, you know, she didn't take full ownership of that situation. I don't know if there is a lot that she could have done, really, like, and whether or not she should be held responsible for what happened with Lila. I think the conclusion with Lila that's different than what happened with MJ is that it's very much on Lila because she chose to stay in that lab while that fight was happening, despite the urging of her husband. And and perhaps the cognitive dissonance in blaming Gwen is, is why she's not really healing well. She, you know, she's, she's really stuck on this. 
yeah, I think yeah, it's because um yeah, in the end, yeah, Lee was collateral because Gwen didn't notice that a vulture bomb was left over. So rather than blaming the vulture of six one six who actually placed the bomb there, she just decides it's easier to blame Gwen because she didn't come back to help. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah, it's it's um I I don't know if I have um a lot necessarily to given it. Do you have something? Yeah, I, I'm just wondering. I, do you think, um, uh, assuming Lila gets out of this alive and she's uh, like put in the toy box to be used for later issues, do you think she could be a, a contender for like recurring enemy? Yeah, definitely. I think she needs a name. I think it'd be nice if she had a code name and maybe a slightly more like identifiable outfit. She needs she needs something that's a bit more, um, but uh, a bit more color to it, maybe. Um. But other than that, but as for Arch Nemesis status, maybe I don't think so because someone's already holding that slot. Like, well, intellectually speaking, anyway, because her big three are Matt Murdock, uh, Cindy Moon, and M. Jarnage. Because with Matt Murdock, you got the antithesis. Uh, with Cindy, you got the dark reflection, and with M. Jarnage, you have the evil counterpart. Nice. Yeah, that's um comparative to uh peter parker 616's uh big three bad villains before venom uh became a hero yeah i guess that that makes sense i I do like that lila is like an earth 65 original uh and i hope that she she gets used again um she's very interesting um i think she works as a villain yeah because um because other than um cindy um yeah, Lila's the only other scientist villain that Gwen has. I mean, there's the Jackal. Oh, yeah. Well, arch nemesis status. I feel like Jackal 616 honestly could be Gwen 65's arch nemesis. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he could become that, you know. He's, he's oh, yeah. got that sort of storied history. True. But I yeah. think, um, yeah, Jackal 616 is just uh, Gwen's creepy stalker. What if Harry became evil again? Oh yeah, according to Maguire, she wasn't allowed to tell us uh, what what she was gonna do with Harry. Yeah, Harry could have become evil again. Manwolf. Yeah, Manwolf. Yeah, he's uh, I think he's already done with. But no, I'm just focusing on the big three and their archetypes, right. where right. like where Lila could just easily weasel her way into taking Cindy's spot as a, um, well, being the intellectual because Lila's not really a dark reflection of Gwen. Uh, yeah, Lila could just take the archetype of the intellectual. Yeah, that's true. And plus, you know, if like if she really did want a superior herself, uh, she would have done it already. But I think chose not to because she said that um she wanted to fight Gwen first, but she needed to make a few upgrades first, and that's why she chromed herself. But um, we haven't even seen her in combat yet. No, we haven't. I that's a shame. Um, did we did we want to do the the comments from people? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've actually we've had a few. I've been I've been I've been making more of an effort with Reddit. I will say that I have been making an effort with the Reddit thread. So uh, we will we will review the, the like feedback people have left on the spoiler thread on our Spider Gwen. If you're aware of that subreddit, it's Reddit dot com slash r slash Spider Gwen, and um, there is a thread which should go up on every issue release if i remember and uh, we will review your comments that you leave on there 
But um, our first comment is actually from Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we, that's where we usually get uh, our comments. So this is from at SteinGS or Glenn Stein. And he says, I really enjoyed this issue. I'm glad they answered the question of why Lila didn't just clone her husband. However, why wouldn't they have recorded engrams of themselves? Even if they tested it on other people first, they'd be able to do unlimited accuracy testing on themselves. It would have been better if their engrams were destroyed in the explosion. Yeah, no, this this sort of makes sense. Like, if I don't know how long they had this cloning technology, maybe Lila. Uh, this is my, this is me headcanoning my way around this potential plot hole. Is that maybe they didn't have the human cloning until Lila invented it, distraught, like like rushed t- to get it done after Lee died, um, and that's why there's no human clones before the the incident which scarred her and killed Lee. Yeah, because her uh, first test subjects, as we see, were monkeys. So I guess Gwen was just the human trial. Well, Lee first, anyway. But Lee was just a human trial. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, maybe Lila wasn't supposed to do human trials yet. You know, I feel like there's some, there are reasons, but it is, yeah, it is, it isn't super well fleshed out. I will give yep. it that. But I do get the confusion of why wouldn't they have uh, recorded engrams of themselves beforehand. It's just like uh, how um, Krakoa, before reviving the dead mutants, they have a memory backup, which can, uh, yeah, they can upload into the new bodies once they're revived. Oh, don't get me started on Krakoa. Don't don't get me started on Krakoa. Oh, no, I can't. Well, Fall of X is happening, so we don't have to, uh, like, discuss about it. Yeah, not for much longer. Um, and we've got uh, two comments from the Reddit thread. Um, there was user Sonic Spider Ranger Ten who left the comment in the last couple of pages when they show all the alternate Gwens. I think it would have been funny if they included Lego Spider Gwen and Spider Gwen from Spider Ham's world. Yeah, yeah. Spider Gwen, of course, being um, Penguin Stacy. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, we stand Spider Gwen. So if the if there was, I do think it was it was a missed opportunity to not show any of the previous like alternate Gwens that we've met like we didn't get Gwen Goblin we didn't get the detective like older Gwen Stacy we didn't get Gwen Stacy married to Miles we didn't get like a couple of like the big Gwens that we've met um none of those appeared so I'm not sure if that was because of how Emily Kim wrote the script or Keizama just wanted to draw whatever they wanted uh because um assuming that uh they drew whatever they wanted they probably weren't privy to the previous alternate versions of Gwen. And keeping in mind that these are just the versions of Gwen in the multiverse that are still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is true. Uh, we had uh, another comment on this thread. Uh, this is when it's from user Aggravating Delay 995, which reads, This isn't a bad series or anything, but it's the same thing we just got with her as villains instead of heroes. Are they just going to keep ignoring her getting kicked off her own Earth by Sue and Johnny? Because I want to see that story continue. That makes the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a shame. Like, because I, I don't want to be clear here. Like, I don't like. I don't want to be like. Yes, this writer has to keep writing this comic book so that these stories get finished. And also, I don't want to be like, um, like every writer since then has to then like kind of pick up what they left off. I, I just, it, it is a shame that like the continuity 
was very, very tight, right? Like the continuity from Spider-Gwen, like zero, from like Edge of Spider-Verse number two, right? All the way through to the end of Gwen versus Carnage is a very is a very tight continuity. There's not a lot of holes you can poke in it. it it's there's a very clear arc. There's very clear things which are happening and events happening, um, and all of the characters kind of make sense except for like Captain Stacy becoming a police captain again for no reason. Um, like it, it kind of it it works right. And then from Gwen verse, we've had maybe like I want to say like four, three or four major appearances of Gwen. And in all of them, it, it isn't clear where her continuity has left her. It, it, and and the the situation on Earth-65 with the Storm siblings, with Jackal-616, remains unresolved. And and the the big rift, which she was supposed to be repairing with MJ following Gwen versus Carnage, also unresolved, like, and not picking up any of these. And I'm not saying that somebody has to come in and, and kind of pick them all up, but Gwen was exiled from Earth 616. Like, I mean, Earth 65, sorry. Like, like, like they forced her out. Like, they were like, you have to go. And then she's back now, and she's been back for two miniseries, uh, an anthology appearance. I think uh, in reply uh, to this uh, Reddit user, there was another user who theorized that maybe um, the maker, because yeah, the maker was involved in party people before plans had to change that, because he also had to keep an eye on Sue and Johnny, that maybe he kidnapped them as part of his plans. And maybe that's why uh, Gwen's free to prance around Earth 65 without consequence. Yeah, I mean, I get what happened with the maker. The maker is very clear what the decision was, was that like he was going to end up in the ultimate stuff. That's where the maker's gone. Okay, fair enough. Um, the, um, the, the absence of him, I'm not so fussed about, but the Earth 65 specific stuff is very... That is very jarring, um, and it is weird, right? Because we're getting a lot of people on the subreddit coming in saying, you know, where should I start? And essentially, I, I recommend either three different starting points. The very beginning with the Latour Rodriguez run, the start of Maguire's run, and thirdly, this completely like, like kind of almost like adjacent era. It doesn't really follow on properly from Gwen verse onwards. Is really weird to recommend to people. It's like, yeah, well, you've got very readable stuff, but it doesn't connect with anything. A little anecdote that I like to make because if it's if continuity were kept uh, intact and Gwen just popped in on Earth sixty five while Sue and Johnny were still ruling it, I always use in my head uh that meme gif of donald glover walking into the apartment with the pizza and everything's just chaotic yeah yeah no it's 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 uh it, it is it is just kind of all over the place and and just the stuff that mcguire was doing at the end of her run was just so interesting it was she was seeding really compelling plots especially in those last like like five issues it was like damn where's it gonna go and then it stops and it's really weird because there's a lot of people that like continue to pick up her books, continue to read them, and then are just completely like jarred by by this weird shift which occurs between Gwen vs. Carnage and Gwen vs. And and really I, I you know, I don't want to be like writer has to fix the work of a previous writer or a writer has to ignore or whatever, but I'm I'm in favor of the yes and approach, you know, to acknowledge what has come before and to build from the point that it left off of instead of just trying to reset or ignore or, or, or not even acknowledge stuff and and pretend like it was always a particular status quo 
and the only consolation that we get to more Gwen appearances, even though it's a little bit detrimental to her continuity, is her guest starring appearances in Peter Parker's comics, which it also doesn't uh, address her previous status quo, like when Maguire last wrote her. Yeah. No, it's 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 uh it it is it all is a little bit weird. It's all a little bit weird. Yeah, because until she gets um a new book, a mini, even just to tie in with either of the movies, either across or beyond, the only consolation that we get is hopefully that she appears like written well in either ASM Dance Lot Spider Man or I think yeah yeah we're all already allowed to announce this since Marvel uh somewhat teased it a few weeks ago uh Dan Slott's new Superior Spider-Man book that's going to be in the fall yeah the the um the Superior Spider-Man book is interesting I don't I don't know who the, who who is Superior Spider-Man though is it is it going to be Bailey is it going to be Otto that's the question but um but Bailey, a ten-year-old, like calling himself a Spider-Man when like, he hasn't even graduated elementary school yet. It's adorable. He's adorable. Um, no, we lo- we love that little. We, we we don't love that little kid. I'm not gonna lie, but um, it he he would be really funny as Superior Spider-Man that like, yeah. he got angsty because everybody forgot about him. Yeah, and he started his career when he was uh, like around seven years old. Who starts their superhero career at seven years old? Well, if I think about it, like Dylan was brought into the fight when he was like around nine, mm. like before they messed up his aging. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But at least clear cut that Bailey is at the very least 10 because he said he spent a third of his life building up his rep. Poor guy, 10 year old kid. Formerly, no, he was he was fighting of crime at seven years old, which is the worst part. That's where I feel worse for him. So he would have been in like first grade. Yeah, it sucks. So it's like, oh, you're starting school. Oh, I have to go off and help Spider Man and fight crime. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. I don't I don't like the child sidekicks. They 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 need to go to school. It's bad stuff. It's bad stuff. And I heard uh, that, like, apparently he knew Aunt May before he was erased. Really? That's... Yeah, he was like, Aunt May, it's me. It's Bailey. That's so sad. And she's like, who are you? That's funny. That's really funny. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're actually going to get more of Bailey in, um, well, the current arc of uh, adjective list is called maxed out where it's an electrocentric arc, but the B plot is about um, Bailey and... Um, after that arc, the Spider-Man number 11, that's going to be a uh, one and done issue. It's not going to be part of an arc. It's more Spider-Boy. Damn. The, the, uh, Dan Slott using all of his remaining capital at Marvel to push this guy. So, yeah. Um, I like the costume, though. It's uh, it's fine. It's it's not bad. I. But it looks like what a 10-year-old would wear. It does, actually, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, this week's episode. Well, this week, this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to, to wrap up now. Um, yeah, for sure. So. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the next time we're going to make an episode, which is actually yeah going to be in a month since it's going to be released so late. Uh, we're going to read Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number five, which is going to be, well, quote, the clone-tastic end of her story. Yeah. 
we also have to address that yeah this does come out on the same day as what if dark spider gwen but we're gonna be yeah uh talking about shadow clones first because that's the priority and then what if dark so uh yeah that's pretty much it yeah we're gonna put the links in the description of what to buy and where to read it uh yeah, you can buy it from your local comic shop or uh, online retailers. Uh, if you wanted to send us any questions about the show or tell us your thoughts, you can tweet us at gsgroupies or email us ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com. We also got a Kofi page if you want to uh, chuck in a few bucks to help us with the maintenance of the podcast. That would be great. Yeah. It's, um, yes, please. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, for this month, for, yeah, I've been Abigail. I've been Pax. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.